0: Hello children and welcome back to this new chapter on your favorite children's story channel Once Upon a Time with Uttara. Today we will continue with our swap story series, Stories with a Purpose and listen to the rest of the story of Samrat Ashok. Hello everybody, I am
1: back. I want to listen to Samrat Ashok's story too.
0: Of course, Ayan, And I am sure that all the boys and girls are equally curious. But before we listen to the rest of the story, tell me, did you try to find out about the connection between Samrat Ashok and modern day India and our Republic Day? After all, he lived more than 2300 years ago. Yes, Mama,
1: it was very interesting. I found out that the national emblem of India is the sculpture on the Ashoka pillar in Sarnath. This was adopted as our national emblem on Republic Day in 1950. Very good work, Ayan. Anything else? Yes, Mama, the Ashok Chakra is also a part of the Indian flag which flies over
0: all government buildings. That is excellent research, Ayan. Very well done. So, children, did you also find out something similar? Extremely well done to all of you. A big clap and big cheer for you all. But, Mama,
1: I thought that Samrat Ashok only fought wars. Why
0: did we adopt his symbols? That is an excellent question, Ayan. And to answer it, let us listen to what happened in Samrat Ashok's life story next. If you remember, his kingdom was vast, stretching all the way from Iran and Afghanistan to the west, all the way to Bangladesh in the east. Even in the south, he had managed to conquer all the territories except for Tamil Nadu, Kerala and Sri Lanka. The biggest thorn in his side was the proud and brave kingdom of Kalinga, which is modern-day Orissa and parts of Andhra Pradesh. He desperately wanted to win over there because even his famous grandfather, who had started the Maurya Empire, Chandragupta Maurya himself, had not managed to conquer that part of the country. Oh,
1: so he wanted to be the greatest emperor, even better than his
0: grandfather. Well, Ayan, to be honest, we don't really know the answer to that. It is only guesswork. But the fact is, he started a really long and bloody war with the kingdom of Kalinga as he wanted to add it to his empire. He and his army attacked and invaded the kingdom of Kalinga in the year 261 BCE. It was the most savage and cruel war that had ever been fought by him. Samrat Ashok and his army were finally able to win over the kingdom, but at a very heavy cost. It is believed that more than one hundred thousand soldiers lost their lives in that horrible battle. When Samrat Ashok finally stood victorious over the bloody battlefield, his victory did not seem like a victory to him at all. He just saw Needless pain and death everywhere. More than 150,000 people had lost their homes and had no place to go. This war, ayan, it changed Samrat Ashok. He finally realized that there was no point in building and expanding a kingdom unless also took care of and looked after the citizens of the kingdom. As a king and an emperor, that was his first and foremost responsibility.
1: Wow, I never thought about that. But that's true. Why will you build an empire if you can't protect the people?
0: Exactly. And after the horrifying Kalingan war, Samrat Ashok realized that and he devoted the rest of the years of his life to following a path of non-violence or ahimsa. In fact, he was one of the first rulers in ancient times who went about building roads on a large scale so that travelers Traders and the common people in his kingdom could easily move about from one place to another. Not only that, he ensured that enough wells were dug and inns and hospitals were built at critical points so that people could travel and trade comfortably. He was greatly inspired by the religion of Buddhism and started practicing non-violence in his own life. He wanted to ensure a peaceful existence for the citizens in his kingdom as well. In order to do that, Samrat Ashok wrote down several rules or guiding principles called edicts. He had them carved on 40 to 50 feet high massive sandstone pillars, which were set up in every corner of his vast empire, all the way from Iran to Nepal. He wanted his voice to reach every nook and cranny of his kingdom. Now children, the interesting part about these edicts was that they were written in different languages in different places. The Mauryan Empire's capital city was partly Putra, which is close to modern-day Patna in Bihar. It was said to be the greatest city in those times. The languages that were largely spoken then by the common people were Prakrit and Brahmi, and the pillars were carved in those languages not in the official sanskrit which the common people did not understand but you know far away in kandahar the ashokan pillars were carved in greek and aramaic so that the local people living there could read and understand in their own language you know amazingly Ten of Ashoka's famous pillars still survive to this day, even after almost two and a half thousand years. The most famous of them, of course, is the one at Sarnath in Uttar Pradesh. Is this the same pillar based on which the Indian emblem was decided? You are absolutely correct, Ayan. The four lions on the top of this pillar sit back to back with open mouths facing the four directions of north, south, east and west. They are a symbol of Ashoka's vast empire which was spread in all directions and of modern India's hope to be a great country across the whole world. At its circular base are represented four smaller animals, a bull, a galloping horse, a lion and an elephant, which are separated by 24 spoked chakras or the dhamma chakra as Samrat Ashok used to call it. It is supposed to signify the cycle of life and is now a part of our flag. The entire platform rests upon a bell-shaped lotus, which is one of the most common symbols of Buddhism. As he lived the rest of his life with the principles of non-violence and doing good to all, Samrat Ashok came to be known as Ashoka the Great or Dhamma Ashok. He had a large role to play in spreading the message of peace and non violence of Buddhism across India, Sri Lanka, and Southeast Asia. His own children, Mahendra and Sanghamitra, traveled to spread this message of peace to Sri Lanka and across the rest of the world. Ashoka the Great is said to have built more than 84,000 stupas and religious sites for Buddhists to pray all across the world. But in spite of whatever he believed in, he always gave all citizens in his kingdom the freedom to practice any religion that they wanted. All he wanted was for people to be kinder and gentler towards each other and towards all living creatures in the world. And so children, at the grand old age of 72 years, Ashoka the Great passed away, after having done immense good in the world. Today we remember him not for all the wars that he fought and he won, but for the message of peace, non-violence and goodness that he spread across the world. And that's why India adopted his emblem and the Ashok Chakra as symbols of our country's glorious past and bright future on Republic Day in the year 1950.
1: Thank you for such an inspiring story, Mama. I loved it a lot.
0: I am very happy to know that, Ayan. I really hope that you learnt many new things, children, and that you also learn to appreciate the rich history and heritage of our beautiful country. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time with a brand new story. Until then, be good, be kind and bye-bye. Bye-bye from me too.